Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Do you really know your prospect's motive for action? why they would buy, and why they would buy from you? You do? You don't? This podcast will help you. Are you ready? Then brace yourself. Let's go. It's time for the Bill Kasky Podcast, a weekly show carefully crafted to help you grow your skills and your results in business. Now, here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, gang, back to the Bill Caskey podcast. You can go to BillCaskey.com. If you're a sales professional, there is a lot of good content there for you and also uh, access to some of our programs. And also, if you're a sales leader and want to become one of world-class sales leadermanship, you can go there and find out more, too. Today's episode is about motive, motivation, motive for action. I did this little LinkedIn series called Bill's Basics. As I look back, I think, man, what a lousy name for that that was. But it all came from this idea that I had a very high performer call me and wanted help and he wanted to get to, he wanted to double his business is actually in the 2X group right now. But when I first started talking to him, I started asking him some questions about whether he was doing things. Yeah, I always like to take an audit, kind of an assessment of, well, what is the person doing? Because I need to know if I can help. If you ever call me wanting help, I need to know I can help before I say I can help. And part of that is just understanding what you're doing and what you're not doing. And I found that this high achiever was not doing any or many of the real basic things that I feel could really help him or can help him. So I wrote up this Bill's basics list. And one of them is, do you understand the prospect's motive for action? And I think most of us really don't. And it's not because it's secret or you ask them and they don't tell you. I think there are a couple of things. I think, number one, we as a profession aren't very good at establishing true trust. And true trust doesn't mean the artificial bonding and rapport. You know, what is that fish on the wall yours? And, oh, I see you got your picture taken with Gerald Ford. That was nice. I mean, you can't look at someone's wall call out things on their wall and establish bonding and rapport that way. I think it has to happen when you are not pressing for the sale, when you have no expectation. I've always said the best way to go into a sales meeting, a first call, second call, whatever, is to have absolutely no expectation about the outcome. Because I think that when you go into those meetings from that framework, you tend to operate more freely. You don't have this hostage situation where you're trying to get them to do something and trying to find out information and really just having a conversation. And critical component number one is you've got to set the stage for honesty, for authenticity, for a true conversation. That's why I like to tell my clients, you have to say up front, look, I don't know if I'm going to be a good fit here. I really don't. I may be, I may not be. 
The only way we're going to be able to determine that is if I ask you some questions with your permission and we talk a little bit about what you're struggling with, what your circumstances are. Then I'll come back and tell you how I work and in the event you work with us, kind of how it looks, and then we can decide what to do next. That's really, now you have to mean it, but that's really an establishment of trust and ultimately rapport. So that's step number one. Number two, you've got to have an understanding of what is their motive for action. Why are they considering this purchase? Why are they considering you? Why are they considering solving the problem? That's probably the first step. Sometimes people don't want to tell you what the problem is. And people say to me, well, Bill, I ask all the questions, but they didn't give me the truth. Well, it could be that you didn't set the stage properly up front because they kind of knew why you were there and you kind of knew why you're there. You're there to pitch and sell. And I just don't think that's a good establishment of trust. So once you do that, you got to find the motive. Why are they interested? What are their circumstances in their business life that are causing them to explore this solution? That's literally a great question, just as is. And that'll start to get you down the road to understanding, well, what is their motive? Why are they looking at this? Motive consists of two things. It consists of the problems they have currently in their current state, and it includes the goals or aspirations that they're trying to get to, either by solving those problems or just generally the goals and and the, the picture, the ideal outcome of their vision. So motive has two faces, solving of a problem or the pursuit of a possibility. Number three, I think at some point you've got to distinguish yourself and talk about how you approach things. It could be your process that you're very proud of and the process that you're going to take them through that's going to be helpful for them whether they buy from you or not. Sometimes I look at sales processes and I I don't always see one when I go into a company and start working with them. And I'd say probably 20% of companies have some kind of a sales process and even half of those are rarely used and they're not really well thought out. But rarely is there anything in your sales process for them. And yet you and I expect them to follow the process when there's really nothing for them other than if they buy from you, then they'll get your solution. I think your sales process has to have some value for them. So you must come up with how are you unique? How are you different? Not just better, but unique. You can't say, well, they've only got 100 employees and I've got 500 in my company. Oh, so what? Maybe 100 is better. I mean, I don't know. It can't be just claims and data. It has to be how do you approach the problem in a unique way that almost guarantees that by the time you come to a recommendation, it is designed as a spot-on solution for their problem or their circumstance. What is it that makes you unique? You've got to get that down. And what does it make that makes you unique? Not just the company you represent, but you, because you're a big part of this. We talk about personal branding a lot, and one of the elements of personal branding is a characterization or a clear statement of how you're unique. For example, in my business, when I go into a company and and start chatting with them and talking about whether I can bring any value in the corporate training or in the some of the groups, I always say, look, if you're just looking for a bunch of sales tactics and sales moves, that's not me. Because I don't believe that's going to help you double your business or make significant increases and gains. 
what I have found works is a radical change of thinking about how you look at the sales process, how you look at yourself, how you look at the value of your company, how you look at your personal branding, how you look at marketing and and business development. I think there's a lot of things that revert back to how we think. And I'll keep saying this until you all get it. And I know most of you have gotten it, but sometimes we forget. So here it is. That sounded kind of condescending, didn't it? Uh, How you think determines how you act, and how you act determines your results. And you can argue about, well, is it thinking? Is it feeling? I don't know. Maybe feeling and thinking are, are, are adjacent to each other. But you've got to have the proper thought. And when you do, that's how you become unique. You are able to articulate that and communicate that. The fourth step is one that I think a lot of people miss. I've missed it. I still miss it. And that is, in the event we work together, here's what it looks like. In the event we work together, here's what it looks like. And that is a simple way of saying, I don't know if we're going to do business or not. We may, we may not. Sounds like there's some promise, but I don't know yet. Here's what it looks like to do business with me. Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's what the timeline looks like. Here's what the first 90 days looks like. Here's what the first year looks like. Because when you walk away from a meeting and they are thinking about you versus someone else, if they have a clear, and I mean crystal clear understanding of what process you're going to implement once they buy, it's a whole lot harder for them to walk away. It's the fear of missing out. FOMO for you hipsters. It's the fear of missing out. I'm going to say no to Bill, but I'm going to give this up because the other vendor hasn't shared with me that. And I can almost guarantee you they haven't. Very few people do that. This is, this is one of those 1% things. If you can do this effectively, and we talk about this a lot in the 2X group, and there's a mechanically right and a wrong way to do this, but if you can craft something and say, look, here's a one-pager that once you decide to do this, or we decide to do it together, Here's what it looks like. That is a big uniqueness. Very few people have done that. So I hope that helps you to understand motive a little bit. It's not just what is your pain. There's a whole lot more to it than that because at some point, the prospect has a decision to make. Do I go with company A, you, company B, company C, company how many they're interviewing, or do I not do anything? Because that usually is an option as well. I stay with my current vendor, or I stay doing it myself, or I just stay doing nothing. So that's one of your phantom competitors is no action. Have I told you recently how much I appreciate you listening? I know sometimes it feels like, ah, Bill, you know, it's pontificating. But I got a note the other day from a guy. He says, you know, I listen to your podcast. I only listen to a few, and I listen to yours twice a week, even though I'm not a leader. So I listen to Tuesday episodes, uh, not being a leader. But he says, it always makes me think. And that's really my mission here is to make you think, help you think differently about what's not working in your business and how you can reach more of your full potential. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, if you want to hear more or talk to me live, you can go to BillKasky.com. Lots of places there if you have interest in having me come into your group and work with your team, get some uh, quick results. I'm happy to do that. But I just wanted to thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. If you want more Caskey, go to BillCaskey.com and you can get on his list or set up a time to speak live. And make sure you share this episode with your tribe, too.